0: everyone and welcome into the pregame presser with Alexander Plant and Sean McDonald. Today we're going to be talking about Alabama's win on Saturday versus the Missouri Tigers. The Crimson Tide won their game pretty easily 38 to 19. So Sean,
1: who was it for you that did it on offense? Who impressed you the most? Um overall, um I believe Mac Jones, he played a a good game. It was a game manager type game, getting in the swing of everything. Uh Mac Jones, he went 18 of 24 for 249 with two TDs as his leading target being Jalen Waddell with eight receptions for 134 with two touchdowns with a long of 46. And overall, the offense looked pretty well. I mean, the passing game was there, but I I, I believe we were able to control the line of scrimmage, move the ball up and down the field, and we did it pretty uh, successfully. I'll tell you what, man,
0: watching that game, Mac Jones and – Jalen Waddle looked exactly like Adrian McCarron and Amari Cooper from that year, uh, 2013. Man, it was insane.
1: Yeah, I would say. I mean, they definitely out of the out of going from last year near the end when Mac Jones took over after Tua's injury, you definitely saw it in that Iron Bowl when Jalen Waddle had a, a coming out party, as as you say, uh, and he just continued to do that here in game one leading us in receiving and uh also picking up two touchdowns to also lead the team in that category too so that that air raid attack looks looks pretty pretty good with mac jones uh, back there in the backfield still
0: well i gotta tell you i'm really impressed by our running game yesterday especially in the first quarter especially near the second half of the first quarter and then the beginning of the second quarter uh Najee Harris looked phenomenal. Uh, His first four carries, he took it for 28 yards, got Alabama from about the 30-yard line to the other half of the field in Missouri territory. He looked great, both carrying the ball and being a receiving back, really taking us back to those days of T.J. Elden and Eddie Lacy, those uh, double-headed backs who can get both sides of the football, both receiving and rushing. Uh, But moving on to more of the defensive side, uh, Sean, who really impressed you there?
1: Overall, I think Najee did. Of course, I thought he would get the uh, the load. Um, 98 yards rushing with three touchdowns. He didn't quite break the century mark, but he averaged 5.8 uh, 8 yards per carry. Um, the other guys, you really didn't see too much of them more. I would have liked to possibly see uh, Trey Sanders and uh, Brian Robinson a little bit more, but you did see the one staying there for when Bryce Young were able to get some snaps, but uh, overall, you knew Harris was going to carry the load. I would just like to look for Saban to to maybe show more more in the in the backfield with those running backs. But uh, I mean, uh, Alabama was able to get the win, so the plan looked pretty good. Yeah,
0: you know that is something I was surprised about. I'm surprised that uh, Trey Sanders didn't get more touches than he did. We we definitely talked about it on. Uh, this past week's episode of the pregame presser, talking about I thought that Trey Sanders was going to get some touches, but it turns out that he had th- more of a reduced role.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought he would turn out to be more of that Josh Jacobs early on in his career would getting like 10 to 15 touches. Maybe not so, so much of just being rushing, but also being in that pass game a little bit. But Saban did. I don't know if it was the first game of the year. And, I mean, this is definitely a different type of year with us only having 10 conference games and that being it but I don't know if it was just for the fact that he wanted those ones to get a little bit more, I mean, up to speed, you could say. But I, I definitely was surprised that the, uh, the the twos and threes didn't play as much as they did uh, later on in that fo- the ball game.
0: Yeah, and I, I was a little disappointed with how the twos and threes played, especially after about the six-minute mark in the third quarter. I thought we would have seen a lot more from, especially the receiving core. I think that John Meachie had a good game with the ones, but once we got into the you know, latter half of the third quarter and into the early part of the fourth quarter when it was still kind of a, you know, get practice in kind of ball game instead of just run the clock out. I don't know. I I just was thinking that we would be a little bit more aggressive with the football.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, we talked about Waddle. Uh, Smitty also had himself a pretty good day. He had uh, 89 yards receiving. No touchdowns, but a long of 23. And as you said with Mechie, Mechie had 42 yards with a long of uh, 22. Um, the backs really weren't too much of a factor out of the backfield. Najee only only getting eight yards uh, uh, receiving, and then Trey Sanders and Robinson uh, only were in the negatives, actually. But overall, the offense looked pretty good. I think they were going to keep it pretty vanilla uh, for the most part. Uh, not really, not really showing all of our cards this early in the year, plus with A&M coming up, you would expect that to be a more type closer game, and uh, we might be just holding a little bit back and uh, just trying to get everybody in the swing of things.
0: The scheme of things, obviously, uh, we changed from the Tua-style shotgun hurry-up offense to more of a under-center, uh, play-action-pass kind of offense with Mac Jones being in that less limited ta- talent-wise, but more game manager, which is not a bad thing, for sure.
1: It, it definitely, I would say, as we, we move on, it helps the defense out huge because – Last year, we put up so many points and go, yeah, that's all fine to Danny, but if, you're, if your defense doesn't get rest, then what's going to happen is just, it's going to be a shootout the whole time, and we're not playing in the Big 12, so we need, you definitely need a defense to win a championship, and I think overall, as this year continues to progress, we might see Mac Jones throw the ball a little bit more than 24 times, uh, but... Yeah, the main thing is, is if we're going to control the ball, manage time of possession, it's going to help that young defense out uh, huge early on in the year and help us progress uh, deeper into the year when we get into some more tougher matchups. Yeah, that
0: uh, offense with the time management, time of possession, has obviously been huge for former Alabama teams. So look for that to continue to happen, especially in these upcoming huge games versus Texas A&M and Georgia. So let's talk about what the differences that we saw in this Alabama defense uh, on Saturday versus the defense of old from last year with Pete Golding. Uh, I'm
1: going to focus definitely on the first half here. We can end up talking about both halves. But first half, we only allowed 113 yards of total offense for Missouri. I think that's phenomenal. Obviously, with the game being stretched out how it was and we were able to get that lead early on going into the half, you expect, I mean, a little bit of downplay in the second half. Can't it's not hyped up as starting starting in the first half. But I was really surprised with Daniel Wright. He led the team in total tackles, 11 solos, and also a force on the ball. With Definitely you can tell the difference already with having that senior leadership in the middle with Dylan Moses. Christian Harris played phenomenal. I thought it was a huge improvement from him having to do more of a signal-caller role. You can see some of the pressure is definitely off him early on, just in this first game. And if Moses continues to tell, tell the defense and command and know what to do, I mean, we had guys flying to the football all night long. Yeah, you can definitely
0: tell with Christian Harris the, the difference because last year he had the stress of being that signal caller and he was less focused on filling gaps, you know, rushing the, rushing the offensive line, being able to drop back in coverage, and he was more worried about, you know, do I have these guys in the right position? Do I need to tell somebody to rotate or fill another gap? But uh, Saturday night, he looked great because he was just solely focused on flying to the football. I mean, that's usually like what Nick Saban, you know, preaches about is he wants every single guy out there giving 100% effort. And without that kind of pressure of calling the defense and worrying about all other 10 guys and just being able to focus on himself, he looked great. Which, you know... With most Alabama linebackers, the best ones that end up going to the NFL draft are the ones that have experience at other positions, and then they move into those leadership positions like Dylan Moses is now.
1: Yeah, also, um, as we talked about on the pregame presser last week, one of our impact players, Will Anderson, played phenomenal. They, the tackles might, might not, not show up. He only recorded three, but he definitely lived in the backfield all night. He was disrupting. Disrupting a play, he even forced a fumble. He wasn't able to recover it, but uh, he altered the quarterback's angle where he had to pitch the ball to the running back. And ultimately, Alabama was reco- recovering. So, was responsible, I, it is responsible for him saying that that he he caused that play and blew it up. And overall, I was I was pretty uh, impressed with uh, how our young guys played.
0: Yeah, and one thing I'd like to kind of harp on was that Alabama defense and special teams had a couple penalties there, especially in the second quarter, after that huge touchdown pass from Mac Jones to Jalen Waddell. I thought that was kind of, you know, uh, unsaving like in my opinion. Uh, they had that uh, unnecessary roughness penalty on the kickoff there, and then right after that, it was a third and six. Alabama was about to get a quick three and out. But then I think Jordan Battle was the one that had a defensive holding call and actually extended the drive. And the off- the Missouri offense, although they weren't very productive on that drive, they got into Alabama territory. And I definitely think if, you know, they made those kind of Alabama's defense made those kind of mistakes on this team, you know, maybe it's not that important. But versus like a Texas AM, a Georgia, or an Auburn, that might be huge because they have the talent to be able to convert those penalties into points. Which I, I definitely think that Nick Saban is gonna be able to emphasize this week. He mentioned it last night in his press conference that things got a little sloppy. He was disappointed, but overall, Saban did say that he was very impressed with, you know, how Alabama played. He was he was happy with the intensity that that within the game that you know it was actually competitive.
1: Yeah, another thing I'd like to point out, um, I did notice very early on. I know uh, Malachi Moore, the freshman, uh, he had a lot of playing time, uh, definitely in the secondary. I noticed that we were in a lot of pass coverage. Didn't expect him to get as many snaps as he did. I mean, he played a, a substantial role in that Alabama defense uh, this past weekend. But uh, it, was, it was definitely nice to, to see a, uh, a young guy like that. I mean, you appreciate any time that there, there's a young guy out there performing on the field very well and in, in any certain situation. But for him to do it in the secondary and uh, coverage as well as he did, um, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely a pleasing sight to, uh, to have a young guy like that in the secondary perform.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of teams are overlooking this Missouri team. Even though they're, you know, most would say that they're rebuilding, I definitely think that they have a lot of veteran experience, especially at the wide receiver and halfback position. Uh, Definitely was able to help out those QBs that played. uh, Blazlock and Sean Robinson were definitely reliant on those skill positions to at least get them the yards that they got, even though, you know, it turned out that the score did not reflect, you know, what they wanted to. The Alabama defense, those young guys, it was really a test for them last night to see, you know, how well could they play versus a veteran uh, wide receiver and halfback core, and I think they, you know, met the test and passed. So, last but certainly not least, we'd like to talk about the special teams. You know, we think kickers are people too,
1: right? Yeah, and uh, as I said last week on the uh, pregame presser. The hot take as Alabama was able to knock through all their extra points and the one thirty four yard field goal late in the game as uh, Bama is now perfect still on the year after game one of kicking field goals. So that was overall a good sight to see. Um, and hopefully that will that'll continue into A&M this week.
0: Hey, you know, some of those extra points were a little close to that Uh Fill goal post, but you know what? A make is a make. Yeah, it can look like a duck for all I care, but as
1: long as it goes to the uprights, we're good.
0: Yep, I guess you're right. Um, so uh, looking into practice this week, I definitely think the team is going to be focusing on uh, late-game situation types because uh, with this A&M team that's coming up, obviously it's not going to be a walk in the park, just like this Missouri game was, unfortunately. Uh, but – I definitely think that Alabama is going to be looking more towards running a good two-minute drill. I didn't see that Alabama was able to, you know, practice that during the game this week. So, Shaw, what are your thoughts on, you know, what Alabama is going to be focusing on this week of practice?
1: Yeah, going into this week, uh, at looking after the uh, A&M score versus uh, Vandy, it was seventeen to twelve. I don't think that tells a story for them. They might have been getting stuff worked out over there, but I do think a key focus is is uh, Kellen Mond, the senior. He's definitely athletic with his feet. He, he hurt us a little bit last year doing so. I definitely think that we'll, we'll be emphasizing QB contained very heavily. Um, I think that they show up with with more more of a jump start on offense than what they pr- previously showed this past weekend. Uh, I definitely think it's it's definitely a more competitive game overall. But yeah, the defense on main goal, when you have a, uh, a, a rushing, scrambling type quarterback always has seemed to give us trouble in the past and whatnot, and that'll definitely be key, a key for Saban this week is uh, how well we can contain him and force him to throw the ball more than uh, him extending breaking plays outside of the pocket.
0: Yeah, you know, it doesn't happen often when, you know, Nick Saban has been the coach since 2007. I do think that, uh, you know, he's played quarterbacks really well, especially experienced quarterbacks. But the one, uh, quote-unquote, kryptonite of Alabama defenses in the past has been the dual-threat quarterback, you know, somebody that can break out of the pocket and be able to pick up – six, seven, maybe eight yards, or just be able to escape the blitz and allow uh, you know, those offenses' receivers to you know, break their route and get open so that they can convert a pass. Uh, somebody like Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Watson uh, from the College Bowl playoff, I definitely think that Nick Saban's is going to be harping on those linebackers to be able to get, get around offenses and close the pocket in and keep them in the pocket.
1: Yeah, I believe that we will be sending uh, a pretty good amount of pressure early on, early in the downs, maybe on first down, breaking in at some blitz. And uh, I'm excited to see what Pete Golding has in store this weekend. Definitely, as I said, it's going to be a more challenging game. A&M's definitely got some more talent than Missouri. And uh, we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see if, if they'll come to play and uh, we'll have a close game or not this weekend.
0: Well, with Jimbo Fisher, you know, with a and Nick Saban is still undefeated against his assistant coaches and when they, whenever they become head coaches of other teams. So we will have to just wait and see to see if Jim O'Fisher can finally break that record.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if it's on the cards this weekend. but uh, we'll...
0: I'll tell you, I'll, he, since he became the ca- uh, coach of Texas A&M, I think he's put together like a good string of talented recruiting classes. So maybe this is finally their year. We'll see. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Pregame Presser with Alexander Plant and Sean McDonald. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.